take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 4, Chapter 2. This show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons. That's brodies8004balloons.com. And previously on the show, we heard this. I would like to talk with you a little bit about the threats to the industry. We had a, a discussion about this when you were in Israel. It was actually quite... <laughs> I, I lost a few nights of sleep after that uh, <laughs> discussion. So, so if you don't want to... Uh, if you want to make sure you're not falling asleep while driving now, uh, listen up because there, there are some, some concerns that you uh, identified and you have, you have a very broad way of looking at things uh, because of your experience for a few tens of years and also because of the magnitude of the projects and and uh, I, I would like for you to share with us a few of the threats that you identified for our beloved industry. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it started with me with the... Um uh, investigation of the balloon industry, uh, how it evolved. So, uh, and we already talked about it uh, in the beginning. Is like it's very interesting to know where the balloon industry actually started and how the evolution will go in the future. And uh, one of the beautiful things is that we say, like, by sharing and uh, and by focusing more on advertisement, on uh, understanding the full potential we have, we can actually grow faster and faster and bigger and bigger. But uh, next to the positive side of the, 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 the story that everybody sees on a daily basis, there's also uh, a, a few serious threats that could, that could actually potentially um, influence the balloon industry and already do on some levels. And I've just uh, been studying uh, the different threats that I've seen because I travel and I see uh, balloon artists and balloon, local balloon industries all over the world in five continents. So, and I talked to uh, uh, distributors, I talked to balloon artists, manufacturers, uh, and and ask what they think and what they how they feel uh, how the industry is moving. And I've seen some very concerning things that normally we never like to talk about because everybody likes a happy story, but nobody likes to talk about. But what if? So these are actually doom scenarios, which could actually be, be more close to the truth than uh, you can imagine. And I actually found five different ones. So in case you didn't recognize, this was Guido Verhoff talking about the five threats to the balloon industry. And now without further ado, here are the five threats as put together by Guido Verhoff. It's actually a study of a couple of hours uh, to really uh, uh, be very detailed about it. But in a brief overview, uh, the first of the five uh, uh, threats, are, which a lot of people actually notice and already see, are the environmental aspects. Especially the balloon releases, they create an alarming rate of uh, criticism worldwide uh, because of the environmental pollution. Uh, 
even in the in the last five years in Holland, uh, local city uh, laws banned balloon releases under pressure of the public opinion. And this is something very, very scary. We've seen uh, uh, now, I, I, even last week, again, there's been an, an, a big article in the newspaper and they say like on the biggest national holiday in Holland, there won't be uh, any balloon releases uh, because there have been a, a big lobby uh, against uh, the pollution with, uh, that, that balloons create. Of course, this is based on, uh, uh, on a lot of uh, bad information because the moment, whatever site you look at, as soon as you uh, open a site and say, okay, uh, let's, let's look at uh, pollution of uh, 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 global pollution or whatever, they always talk about the plastic soup and they always talk about uh, how bad the plastics are, and they always talk about plastics and balloons. And it always goes in, in one sentence. Now, uh, this is this is an extreme, long, and complicated uh, um, um, uh, discussion to be really, um, um, to really understand the full picture. But in the end of the day, there are two uh, important facts to know. Yes, we have to accept that we are polluting with balloon releases the, the Earth uh, in a very dangerous way. Um, and it's not about the balloons, it's not the latex that actually creates the pollution, but in the, in the first place it's the ribbons that create the pollution and sometimes the plastic discs. And especially the ribbons. All the LED, uh, oh, oh, sorry, but all the LEDs that we put into the releases. Yes. Because those, yeah. those LEDs, they are, they are uh, even a combination of plastic and electricity and, and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But I think uh, if you look at the, the, uh, the, the, the general uh, world, uh, the, the LEDs is, is less than 0.003%. Yeah. So I'm, I'm focusing more on the, and for me, uh, you can always say, okay, some idiots always going to do something silly. Yeah. Uh, but a, a, a common thing is a, a normal balloon release. So um, um, there are solutions for that. Like uh, there's now a, a biodegradable ribbon that you can actually use. But who is going to buy that? Who's going to use it actually? Because the biodegradable ribbon is more expensive. Uh, this is one of the things in Holland they started uh, an organization called the Green Balloon. And basically, what uh, what you do is the same as as the balloon decorating industry in America and worldwide with the CBA uh, program, when they say like, okay, it's not allowed to use uh, uh, ribbons uh, or without a, a weight. Uh, with foil balloons. Like, like with the California law. Uh, exactly, the California law. So, um, um, the, the, so, so there, there is absolutely a threat. And if you just look and open your eyes and go on the internet, you will find serious proof of birds that uh, get suffocated in balloons uh, or actually in the ribbons because they, they swallow a piece of a balloon or a piece of the ribbon and then the rest... They don't swallow it completely, gets around the beak, and uh, they die from it. Um, this is this is the, the, the most serious problem. To be honest, uh, if you look at the, the reports about how many animals are actually uh, killed by eating balloons, that's a totally different story. 
Um, there, uh, there's a lot of uh, bad um, information about it, uh, not clear information. And I've been trying to dig up uh, research uh, um, numbers uh, and really find evidence of what is happening. And uh, it's extremely difficult because there is no real proof anywhere, except if you look at a... Um, uh, an investigation that they did in Miami where they actually fed pieces of latex to sea turtles to see what would happen and uh, uh, and they uh, actually found out that the sea turtles they just uh, the, the, the latex it's basically because it's a 100% biodegradable product what actually happens is they they they, they it, it ends up in their in their feces so they just poop it out and it's not it's it, it's not uh, uh, the thing that's going to kill an animal, and in the end, if you say yeah, but we open up one time, we open up a seagull. That's one of the stories you can find on the internet. We open up a, a seagull, and we found 28 different kinds of plastics, and we found a few pieces of uh, balloon. So like, well, then the question is, is really did the animal die of this balloon or? Okay, so the, you can say a lot about it, but in, in, in general, uh, the, the, the two things that are important uh, about this topic is, first of all, we are creating uh, a problem on the environment uh, with balloons, uh, with releases. Um, now, the second thing is, it's not about, uh, and this is something very, very important to understand, it's not about if we are right or wrong, if we can prove all the facts that actually the balloon itself is not the problem or that we can find a solution or that we say we are a responsible balloon company and we're only using biodegradable ribbon. And the question is, what is the public opinion thinking about it and how is it going to affect our balloon industry as a whole? Last year, I was at a, a meeting of uh, a, a local in my own city, uh, I was at a meeting of a, a big event. Somebody said, like, ah, next year we have our 10-year anniversary. Let's do something special. Yes. Somebody else said, yes, let's uh, have balloons. Then somebody else says, um, no, balloons are bad for the environment. Oh, yes, that's true. Okay, no balloons. Next point. And I was stunned. Because within three seconds, the idea of having balloons at the party got killed because somebody just said something about it's bad for the environment based on all the negative uh, 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 um, uh, negative um, uh, uh, words that were said by environmentalists about releases. But automatically what happens is it created balloons as now in Holland, the balloon for a big portion, for a lot of people, the balloon is not a symbol of happiness anymore. The balloon became a symbol of pollution. If you look at just a round balloon, they look and think, oh, pollution, instead of, oh, look, it's party. That's a serious threat for our industry. Yeah. So... My my personal opinion uh, would be, uh, but this this is uh, uh, actually would be a discussion of four or five hours of presenting different kind of 
uh, uh, results and uh, I, I collected a lot of articles and a lot of uh, results uh, from different countries. Uh, but uh, my final conclusion would be you have to at one point cut your losses. You have to, it's not anymore if, you, uh, if, if you're right or wrong. If they are right or wrong, it's you have to cut your losses because what's happening now is they already banned balloon releases. The next step is that somebody says we have to ban balloons. In Holland, literally the article that I got last week from the newspaper said balloon releases are not from our time anymore. This is from the old days. This is come on. You as as a, as a nation, you grow. You in in the past we used lead in in uh, in materials or. Uh, bad products for the environment uh, uh, and then you grow as an industry and you grow as a society and you find out this is bad and you stop doing that so this is the evolution of of, uh, uh, of our world and then they say it's natural that we stop using balloon releases because it's just bad for our environment and now we found out so we have to cut this part out but the next step is that somebody just over-exaggerates it and says, let's stop with balloons, because what's the purpose of a balloon at all? Let's just stop with balloons. Yeah, uh, so I, I totally get it. The balloon releases, uh, they are polluting, and uh, it's not just about, um, you know, if we are polluting personally or not, it's also about what people think about us. And if the, uh, the way of thought is now... Uh, that you are polluting even if you're particularly like i i just did a balloon release a few weeks ago with uh, 160s as the mm -hmm. ribbon because of pollution but even though i used 160 for the ribbon uh and uh, I, i still felt like uh, i'm not doing uh, the environmental service because of the helium inside so is is the the shortage of helium or or, or the conceiving of helium as something in short because i don't have uh, a conclusion about that is that one of the threats as well or can you can you share with me what you feel about helium uh, yeah well the, the the helium is a total different they make me always make me smile on when the the, the 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 conversation goes about helium um because this is one of the most vague things in our industry i don't call the helium as a threat of our industry well even if the, the well first of all we start moving more and more into using air filled decor especially with link balloons that was always one of the, the the big things that we said like start using more and more link balloons because you're going to be able to work more and more with air filled decors it's going to save money in your pockets and uh, you're not going to because you're not going to use helium um but uh so it's not going to completely kill or be able to kill our industry. If you get a, 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 a government ban on using balloons because they say it's bad for the environment, that's going to create a problem. But it's not going to create a problem when, uh, like, like it's going to, to create a problem when a balloon gets out of fashion, basically, or becomes the symbol of pollution. But the, if there's no more helium, we only have air-filled decor. And I'm already a big fan of air-filled decor because... You're going to, 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 to save a lot of extra money. Yeah. The, the, there's a lot of misconception about helium, and it's extremely difficult to find uh, good information about it. I've been talking to helium distributors and suppliers 
because there are different stories about why there's a helium shortage because it also comes in waves. Is there really like, uh, like, like how big is the stash of helium that we got worldwide, first of all? Then because we don't really know. Sometimes you say, oh, there's a helium shortage and now we can't get it. Well, that's actually a cyclus of every so many years that happens because the people who control the helium, it's the same as with the oil. The, sometimes the, the oil price goes up. It's not because there's less oil. No, it's because somebody just closes the tap and just says, oh, yeah, so now automatically prices go up. So this is a game that's been used to driven up, up the, the prices. Yeah. And with any natural source, it's the same. On the other hand, of course, we have to be careful with natural sources. But the silly thing is the whole discussion with helium is why wouldn't we use it for balloons? Well, the first the people say, well, it's because of the medical uh, the medical reason. It's like hospitals use they use a lot more helium, and uh, and and it would be uh, bad to use it like finish our the source of helium while the hospitals need it more bad than we do. Yeah. Well, that's that's a silly thing, because uh, basically. Uh, the most helium that's going to be that's used now in the balloon industry already is uh, called like we call it balonium. It's not 100% pure helium because uh, uh, basically uh, with helium uh, the the hospitals they only use it in the purest form, so they need technical helium, pure helium. And when it's used in hospitals, they actually don't completely use the helium it comes back unfiltered. So basically they have like the dirty helium comes back and the dirty helium, which uh, is like, and, and you talk about 98.8 or 99.8% or and then it comes back as 99.2% pure. Yeah. So it's like dirty and, and pure. It's like, we don't even notice the difference, but for the hospital, it's, it's important that they have the pure helium. But if it comes back as dirty helium, it's the perfect helium to use. And that's what, what's being sold now mostly as uh, helium that we use for balloons, balonium. So as long as the hospitals have helium, we have helium. So to, to use it as an argument to say, oh, uh, we're going to use the helium and then uh, it should go to the hospitals, it's silly because our helium that we, that we can actually use for the balloon industry is not conflicting with the, the helium in the hospitals. So for me, this is this is not a, a real threat to our industry. Okay. Another uh, another in, uh, uh, threat that's uh, more uh, connected to also to the hospitals is actually the latex allergy. Hmm. So um, we're talking about doom scenarios. Everybody understands like like some people have a latex allergy and it actually. Uh, uh, it only started in in 1979, eh, the first uh, uh, report of uh, a, a latex allergy. So, uh, and the the funny thing is, a latex allergy proves that uh, a balloon is a natural product, right? Because you can only get an allergy from a natural product like peanuts or or whatever. Yeah. So uh, from nuts. So. Um, uh, the, the, the problem with the latex allergy is now, uh, at this moment, is it, it already got, the balloons got already banned, banned in hospitals. 
The reason why it got banned in hospitals is very logic, because in hospitals you have the most people with latex allergies, and the real source, actually, which is a little bit weird in a way, it's ironic, because the latex allergy started in the hospitals, because you can get an allergy by an overdose getting influenced by the material. So, and I, I don't actually know if there are balloon artists who actually got their latex allergy just by using balloons on a daily basis. But the problem is, uh, in hospitals, how it started is um, uh, because of the latex gloves that the personnel, the staff of the hospitals are uh, are wearing on a daily basis, full days wearing and touching the latex, this created the allergy. And now the allergy is uh, uh, transponding to to uh, the people who are actually sick, the sick, the, the sick people in the hospitals. So this is how it spread out. So uh, this is why also in uh, in hospitals you will find the most chance, the most risk of people who are having a latex allergy or who are um, uh, potentially uh, getting a latex allergy because they're already sick. So. Um, uh, it's, it's logic that it got banned from hospitals. But what would happen if, if we're talking about doom scenarios? What would happen if on national television, the, the, the kid of the, the president or an important or the, the, the kid of Oprah Winfrey or the, 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 the favorite niece of Oprah Winfrey would get uh, uh, a seizure? and would get an anaphylactic shock because of latex or because of anything else. What would happen if, if the niece of Oprah Winfrey would uh, get into a seizure, anaphylactic shock uh, um, uh, because of whatever, maybe she ate a peanut. But what what if she at that moment would actually uh, have just received a balloon dog and it's been broadcasted and it's on, and now we have cameras everywhere. And then all of a sudden, somebody says she had a latex allergy. It would create a mass reaction for sure. People would, it, it would, what, what is the step between the a local ban in the USA uh, and in the West, basically, of uh, from one day to the other, they say, okay, balloons are not uh, allowed in hospitals anymore because of latex allergy. What if somebody says, well, what's the difference between a hospital and why is it not on public schools or shopping malls, public places? So then the next moment, if, if you don't know the real story and you don't know all the information behind it, it's very easy to get misinformed in this time, especially because social media pushes information so fast down people's throats and uh, people uh, create their opinion without the real facts and uh, people get crucified uh, within no time or an industry get crucified within no time. And this could create a, a potential danger, uh, especially because the stories I'm telling you now about uh, uh, a latex allergy or the environmental aspects about releases, how many, how many balloon decorators, professionals, balloon professionals who work with this material on a daily basis could actually have a serious conversation and actually prove some facts, show some facts. If somebody would tell you, you know, 50% of all animals die 
uh, in the sea just because of balloons? Are you there to say, well, well, that's not true? Well, that's not a really strong argument, to be honest, because he already said 50%, or it would even sound better. You know, 47.3%, that sounds very logic because it's a very different, uh, weird number. So, and the, in this time we live now, the, the prosecutor doesn't have to come up with the facts. We have to come up with the facts to dis- defend ourselves. And I had some very good conversations with environmentalists who, uh, first of all, see that I'm serious about also the environment. And I take their complaints serious. And I actually take them more serious than they do themselves because I did the research and I can actually show you the results and the reports that I found. And I tell them, please, whatever you find, this is my email address, share it with me because I'm looking for information and I want to work together to 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 make this a better place. And let's and I take your 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 complaints very serious. But everywhere I look on the internet people are shouting a lot. But it's very difficult to ask them then, so can you show me you say this is bad or this is happening? Can you show me some test results? Is there proof for what you say? I I don't want to fight you. I want to find this. I I need this proof as well. So, and this is what I found so far. And it says something different. But I I want to take you serious. So, can you show me where you found your result? Because I I I I gladly change my profession overnight if it's true what you're saying. But if it's not true. I want to keep continuing what I'm doing because I believe I also have a, a purpose in life in, in sharing happiness and creativity in this world with what I do. Yeah. So it's a different uh, different uh, uh, discussion you have from that moment. Yeah. Um, so so we talked about two of the threats. One was the pollution, the 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 pollution uh, threat and the other one was the latex allergy uh, we're almost running out of time so i want to respect uh, <laughs> uh, your time i uh, just give me one more threat and then i uh, will we'll, we'll allow people to not sleep at night <laughs> a, a, a very interesting one um, well I'm, I'm going to to just mention the the, the awesome. other in the, the other ones just to uh, to give some 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 uh, ideas of what we talk about a third one is the the level the level of nitrosamines, and if I say that uh, most people, maybe even even balloon artists, don't understand what it, what it means, but the nitrosamines is the the, the 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 small amount of chemical in the balloon that keeps the balloon weak. So because otherwise, uh, uh, because uh, uh, the rubber is a, a natural product, it would become stiff and hard. So um, nitrosamines keep uh, rubber weak, and this is also being used in a lot of toys. And if the level of nitrosamines is too high, uh, it creates uh, uh, the danger of cancer. So um, uh, because basically, what, especially in, in kids' toys, there are very, very strict rules about the level of nitrosamines, how high it can be. Uh, because, um, um, for instance, if you if you think about a pacifier that a kid has in his mouth all the time, a baby, it actually sucks. And what happens is when it sucks on a toy or on a pacifier, uh, comforter, um, uh, it actually some of the juices come out of the the, the rubber, 
and inside the juices is also this nitrosamines. So uh, um, um, uh, the amount, the, 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 uh, 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 a high amount of nitrosamines could create uh, um, a, a higher risk of cancer. So we've seen in uh, in the toy industry uh, a, a few times, um, uh, 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 or, or not a few times, uh, 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 many times, uh, products being pulled back from the shelf because they say this level is too high. Um, to make balloons, actually, you need to have some nitrosamines because otherwise you you can't make them uh, soft enough. So um, what is the allowed level that you can use and when it's actually becoming a threat? So just to, to keep everything within uh, in, in the balance where we are at today, the, 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 the rules for toys uh, and, and uh, basically... Um, uh, balloons are also in the toy category, if you look at it from an industry perspective. So in the toy industry, there are extremely strict rules, extremely high rules about the level of nitrosamines. At this moment, the, uh, the, uh, the level is so extremely small uh, that if a, a child would suck on a balloon for like two or three years nonstop, just have a balloon in their mouth for three years, and the amount of juices that come out—that's uh, the, the 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 level that is allowed uh, w without having any problem. So a, a kid can only suck on the balloon nonstop, day and night, for <laughs> two or three years, and then it's okay. So, but uh, so so we we're talking about a margin uh, behind the the dots behind the comma like 0, 0.0, etc., etc. So now the level that is allowed is 0 0.035 milligrams, so uh, per kilo. So that it's it's absolutely like a dot, uh, like a little splash. But the thing is, it's the same as with the, the environmental aspects. It's the same as uh, with the level of proteins. Um, the public opinion can change quickly when there's uh, when the industry uh, or, or the world is badly informed. Uh, if, if, if you get bad information within no time, uh, a big country could have a, a different precedent than most people would maybe choose. It's, it's very simple to get bad information nowadays. There's one person within the European Union who's actually fighting for years to get the level of nitrosamines down and down and down. And at this, at this moment, they're, they're, they're trying to get a new... Um, new standards, a new bar, and this is even more insane. That if you would convert it to to uh, to children, they have to be able to be able to suck on the balloon day and night, 24 hours for seven years, because it could create a potential higher risk of. So at at one point it gets absolutely insane, but its effect. That uh, that the the new level is a big risk if they would come up with this if they would get an approval because at this moment there's only one balloon company in the world that is actually producing balloons with a lower amount of nitrosamines than the new bar, which could create a problem for 
98% of all the balloon companies in the world. Mm-hmm. At the moment, only Sempertex has a nitrate salmon level of 0.015 milligram, uh, while the, the bar at this moment is 0.035. Uh, and they're going. They want to re- uh, lower it, and then only uh, only this company is is under the uh, still uh, uh, under the, the approved level, yep. so in the safe zone. So what, But, what are the fourth and fifth uh, um, uh, threats? Uh, the, the the fourth one. Uh, it it sounds a little bit. Or I could use the same example as the choking hazards. Hmm. The choking hazards with balloons. Uh, Uh, it, it, balloons create choking hazards, yeah. and actually, there are very simple. You can uh, find uh, uh, if you you Google it, you can find uh, information about it, uh, about uh, um, uh, like between 1990 and two, uh, 2010, over 200 children died uh, from a choking incident, and 57 cases. That's uh, not 40% uh, uh, involved balloons. So I'm talking about the toy industry. Yeah. So uh, and this is from the the US uh, PIRG uh, educational fund, yeah. and they they always uh, make the reports uh, for toys. So yes, it is a it, there is a, a choking hazard, uh, and um, um, this is one of the things. It's yeah, it's written on the back. So it's it's nice. Uh, so it, it helps a little bit because now we already have this as a choking hazard. But more and more balloon professionals need to be educated also in how to use this. Know more about the facts. Know more about the risks, and also share these risks with the people, with the end users, and take this serious. Yeah. Because if I talk about the doom scenario. Uh, let's talk about the niece of Oprah Winfrey again. What happens if if, if Oprah Winfrey is the, one of the most powerful uh, media uh, persons in the world? Uh, what what if her favorite niece chokes on the balloon? I don't want to think about it. It's it, it, it's the opposite of what we sometimes say. Is like what happens if at the the, the Oscars uh, the the hosts uh, would the female host would wear uh, a balloon dress. That would create the biggest advertisement for our industry you can ever imagine. Because the day after, the whole world has seen a balloon dress on on stage during the Oscars. She makes it fancy and uh, elegant, and all of a sudden, you will see an increasement of uh, of the demand on balloon dresses. But you will see the same decreasement on demand when a, a, a tragic ab- uh, accident like that would happen. Yeah, and the fifth, so, the fifth threat. Uh, the fifth one is uh, is is a totally different one. It's very interesting. It's uh, I call it self education, and um, self education as the end of the decorator industry. Uh, um, uh, basically, uh, if I could could say it very quickly, um, um, what I did, and just to because I can also be a little bit nasty. Um, um, one time I was working uh, at an event at the, at the shopping mall or the lo- local shopping mall, and they had a or, or a shop, and they had a, a, an arch outside of the uh, the, uh, the the shop, and. I looked at the looked at it, and 
I asked the, the manager of the shop, it's like, did you build it yourself? It was not really built nicely. It was not really solid, but it was okay. But it looked a little bit poor. So I asked him, did you build it yourself? He said, no, no, we had a company who, who we just hired this from the balloon company, and they built it for us. And then I said, like, you want to know how to build this? Because you can do this yourself. It will save you uh, money because you have your staff standing around here. There's not customer nonstop. So you can have your staff building a, an arch, and you don't need to, to buy this arch anymore. And he looked at me like, seriously? And it just explained him how to make an arch. Now, this is killing my own industry. This is killing a colleague. Uh, this is killing a job of, uh, of a balloon decorating company. Yeah. And um, so you can ask me, why did you do that? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I thought it was made poorly. Uh, and I'm just taking one step ahead of what's going to happen in the future because self-education is helping people to to uh, learn things more and more quickly. If you go on, just uh, humor yourself and uh, go on YouTube and look at uh, how to make a balloon arch or how to make a balloon wall and look at the amount of hits. Like any little video of how to make a balloon arch, if you want to really make a video with a lot of hits, just make a video to say how to make a balloon arch. You will get 100,000 hits like 100,000 views uh, within no time because more and more people learning how to work with balloons. Now, with new systems like uh, the, the link balloon, the, the, the link balloons, um, uh, the, 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 the quick link, it's super simple to learn more impressive stuff yourself. So how are we going to... Uh, uh, cope with that as a balloon industry because now it's so simple to learn things. Now, the next step is that balloons are going to be sold in every shopping mall, in every shop, basically as a little balloon kit. As a, Imagine you have a Lego box. It's weird that it's not already there yet everywhere. But what if a, if, if a Lego kit turns into a balloon kit and it's being sold in every supermarket? Then and this, now you learn how to make a teddy bear or a heart or uh, an arch or within no time, you actually don't need a decorator anymore. So our industry as, uh, as how we, our, our businesses as how we run it very often today, how most decorators are, are running it today, is going to vanish in time, potentially. Potentially. So, so how are you going to cope with that? How are you going to... Uh, find a solution to be one step ahead of what's going to happen potentially. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I imagine now there are balloon decorators out there listening to this season, the season about deco, season four, and they, <laughs> and they are now like, oh my God. Uh, but uh, I imagine like the rest of the season will be involved, uh, will be around uh, ways to grow your businesses and grow your, your, your techniques so that you will not need to be afraid. Uh, in any case, go, go and build a guild around you and that will help you at least to be um, well informed uh, of how to protect from those threats. Uh, Guido Verhoff, you've been such a pleasure to interview. I, I could do this again and again. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, where can people uh, find more about you 
and uh, stay in touch with you in, in what, what will be the right way to do that or buy your DVDs. So. The easiest way is Google is your friends. <laughs> you can uh, uh, find me easily uh, online. The Linkaloon DVDs uh, are now sold by uh, Betelic. So basically every distributor who sells Betelic products uh, worldwide uh, can also get the Linkaloon DVDs. Uh, we're also trying to, to get them in all the, the, the rest of the the, the places, but you can find some some places to to buy them online as well. In Burton, Burton.com, T Myers, wow. uh, also the old ones with the, the Geo Blossoms and the, the Hearts. So uh, there's still there's still a lot to find. Cool. Uh, and other than that, uh, uh, if people have questions, uh, they can always send me a message. I'm sometimes slow in responding because uh, on the big projects I do, uh, it needs to. Uh, I need to give all my, my energy and my focus, but uh, they can always send me a, a, a private message on Facebook. So uh, that's the easiest way to contact me. Wonderful. I want to thank you again, Guido Verhoff, for your time with us in the Balloon Artist podcast. Uh, I'll put all the links to some of your projects uh, and some of your pictures on uh, the show notes so people will have a really good reason to go to the balloonartistpodcast.com website and then from there continue into your uh, wonderful uh, projects. I just want to thank you again for doing all that you do because even though there are threats in the world for the balloon industry, there are also uh, avatars and champions that take the balloon industry and push it and create new markets, create new, uh, more people that love balloons and you do it phenomenal. So thanks again. And You're most welcome. See you soon. I think our, I think our, our future is absolutely bright. I'm not worried about the threats as long as we are aware of it and we work together. So uh, uh, it's, uh, it was a big pleasure to talk to you and uh, I hope we will do it again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, I don't know how about you, but I feel like Guido Verhoff really has a deep understanding of the industry, but also uh, I'm full of motivation now, even though I know all of those risks, I know also how amazing Guido's balloons are and how amazing I want my balloons to be. And I know all of those smiles that balloons make. So I will take those five risks and I hope that you will uh, join me and help me in making the world a safer place and you know, being more aware of those risks will allow us all to minimize them eventually. Uh, this show was sponsored by Brody's Balloons. They support the industry in so many ways as well. And I'm just very thankful for them for sponsoring this season, the season about decor. Lastly, if you haven't grabbed your three free videos from the Dance Floor Experiences Blueprint, then you should head on to dancefloorexperiences.com. In this website, you can sign in and get three videos that will help you understand how you can leverage your existing customers and sell them a new experience with balloons, a dance floor experience. So head on over to dancefloorexperiences.com to grab your three videos. I will be seeing you next week in the Balloon Artist Podcast. This show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons. Hello, Balloon Artists Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 4, Chapter 2, The Tip Section. And I'm going to share with you a system, a new way 
of how you can do line work. I'm so proud of developing this way totally by myself, not with tips from interviewees. This is the ZVKV system of doing line work. I've really just developed it and I'm sharing it with you guys for free. I just want you to uh, have fun with it and experiment and let me know if this works for you. So this is instead of the guessing game of Patrick Vandeven from season one, chapter two, by the way, the most downloaded chapter in the history of the Blue Artist podcast. This is uh, my system and it is a, a, a game of tasks so and challenges. Okay, so uh, the game of challenges, let's call it. It's better naming, it's better marketing. The game of challenging uh, of challenges goes like this. First of all, a few principles on your side. You choose who gets the balloons. You choose what you're making and only you. You're not making balloons for everyone. So this can fit a situation where you have way, way, way too many kids. Okay? Um, so it, these are the rules. Yeah? You choose who gets the balloons, what they get, and not everyone is going to get a balloon. Okay? Um, which is already perfect. Already this system sounds interesting, right? The way that the game works, the challenges games works like this. First of all, you need to make sure that the kids know the rules. So you are going to either make a sign of the rules, which I didn't, or what I did, which was to reiterate the rules every single time. So what happens in general is something like this. Every five minutes, you're giving a challenge. The first and only the first kid that completes the challenge gets a balloon. And the rest of the kids just watch you make the balloon and then they're waiting for the next challenge. And they are eager to do the next challenge. Okay? So every time the kids come and I say, here's what's going to happen. In five minutes from now, after I make this balloon for this kid, in five minutes from now, you're going to be challenged. One kid that completes the challenge first and only one kid will win the next balloon. If it's going to be you, you are going to get a balloon. If not, you're not getting a balloon because only one kid is the first one. I choose who is the first one and not anyone else. And when I choose someone to be the first one that completed the challenge, he's going to get something that I choose for him. You're not choosing what balloon to make and what balloon to get. You can only participate in the game for the purpose of having fun of competing in the challenge and maybe, maybe also winning a balloon today. So by, by, by giving this speech to the kids, they get it. You know what? They actually get it. The idea of only one person that gets a balloon. I also tell them something like, when you're going for a bus, you're going to climb the bus, going to school, there's only one kid that goes on the bus first. That's how life is. That's how buses are. This is the same with this game. Only one will be the first one that comes and mean win the game on every challenge. And then during the preparation of the balloon, I keep telling them, like in Disney, I keep telling them, like, there are four more minutes for the next round of the challenge. And I do the, some more of the balloons. And then I say, three more minutes for the next challenge. So I get them all hyped up. And then every challenge is different the kids love the challenges so one challenge is go find uh, something i hidden I, I hide a few of my star bracelets and they go and find them uh, another game is like the first person that stands in the middle of a link of like five kids standing hands with hands so a line 
of five kids all standing in hand, hand to hand, but only the one in the middle will be the winner. And the first one that does that gets the winning. So they have to hold hands and they have to uh, uh, actually agree to help someone else win. And that's huge. Uh, socially, I mean, that creates bonds between kids. I'm helping kids create bonds, social bonds. That's huge. Uh, another challenge is the first one that comes back with three kids that agree to help him. And one of them has to be age five, age six, and age seven. So three kids go talk with one another, find out who is five, find out who is six, find out who is seven, and make a loop, a, a link of you know, three kids, you know, if a link is the right word, and you know, come back to me. So again, they come back and they know that the only winner is the kid that was uh, you know, the leader of that uh, round for that group. And only the first one. The, in this situation, I will also give a slap bracelet, which is my business card, to the other three kids. But a balloon, I will only give to one. So they actually play for the slap bracelets and for the balloons. And you can use other stuff instead of slap bracelets. Or, or if you need slap bracelets, then subscribe to the Balloon Artist Podcast emailing list. And then uh, you'll find out when I do a sale again of... Um, negotiating for you for a great, great, great deal of slap bracelets. But for now, you can just, you know, give the balloon in the game. This game has been so successful in terms of kids actually responding and understanding the intensity of only one winner that just 20 minutes ago, I had a phone call from a mom that says, my kid talked about you and about your balloon game that you did in school. And we want you to be entertaining uh, the kids in our birthday. But we want something else. Like, do you have any other concept except for the game? So it was like so emotionally important for the kid that she get went home and told her mom that she was playing a challenge game. And some kids won balloons and it was really fun. She didn't get a balloon. She was just playing and having fun. Okay? If you want to make sure everyone do get a balloon, you can create 30 dogs in advance and just hand them out, or 50 dogs and hand them out at the end of the game. But during the game, you just use the, the script that I mentioned before, and the kid understand that the game only has, each challenge has only one winner. And because of the buzz of two more minutes to start the next challenge, one more minute to start the next challenge, the next challenge starts over here. Only people that are listening over here will know what is the next challenge and so on. You, when you walk like this, the kids just get it and they react very, very strongly and they loved it. Uh, I hope you uh, experiment with the challenge game and use that as a new way to do line work in events, please make sure you price accordingly. This should cost more than a line work. The special line work, a line work plus story, should cost more than a line work. I'm not going to tell you how much because it's your business and prices are sacred between you and the customer, but it should cost more. Thank you for listening to the Balloon Artist Podcast. If you want to do me a favor, please go to the dancefloorexperiences.com website and sign up for three free 
videos that will mean a lot to me because you will see other stuff that I do and I have other stuff that I do that are not for free. Um, thank you again and see you next week in the Balloon Artist Podcast. <laughs>